trivia, no it's not a trivia question, actually it's a very important question. Where does the presence of the Lord reside? Upright. Upright. Oh, one good answer, yeah. one good answer. Where does the presence of the Lord reside? In the praises of His people. Yeah. Thank you Calvin, appreciate it. In the praises of His people. That's what scripture tells us, isn't it? The presence of the Lord, in the praises of his people. So why don't we take a couple of moments just to start to lift our voices in praise to Jesus this morning. I'm sure you've got something to praise him for. I'm absolutely sure of it. Come on, don't be a spectator. Start to lift your voice. Father, we praise you this morning. We praise you this morning. I praise you for the air in my lungs, for the ability to be able to praise you. Father, I praise you for family. I praise you for friends. I praise you for your church. I praise you for this wonderful city that we live in. I praise you for this nation that we live in. I praise you for the nations, God, and for the task you've asked us to perform. And I thank you that you are amongst us this morning in this place. Father, it's our privilege and our honour to give you this time and to focus on you. 
So give us the ability to push our weight to the left and to the right as we lift you up in this place. And we honour you this morning. I thank you that you promised where two or three are gathered. You're with us. So we know you're with us today. And we want to honour you. We want to lift you up. We want to make you famous. We want you to receive all glory and praise. Thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is good to see you. You're looking fine. Why don't you turn around and tell someone it's nice to see them? If it's not, just say it anyway. Don't lie, but say it anyway. Well, it's a great privilege this morning to have Pastor David and Claire Quinn with us from Activate Church and Fielding. So, awesome to have you guys here. Looking forward to our day. Let me um, highlight a couple of things that I've just got to remind you about very, very quickly uh, while I'm thinking about it, because otherwise I'll forget. The first one is next week we're doing a food drive for the food link, for the food bank. So if you could bring with you when we gather on Sunday, if you could bring perishable goods with you so we can stock up the cupboards in the pantry. Non-perishable. I know what I mean. I went fishing yesterday and it's taken its toll today. Couldn't believe it. Actually, if you need your faith, just lift it a little bit. David's going to preach later. Couldn't believe it. Something. I think we tangled lines or something and, and David um, fixed it up and then he said, hey, that's our burly pot line floating out there. It had come off. And we think, shall we get it, shall we not? Well, we're anchored, so shall we not? And it sinks, as it does, and it's gone. Would you believe, probably 40 minutes later, he fishes up the burly pot. <laughs> so good, so good. Out of, what are the chances of that? Absolutely amazing. Then on the other hand, <laughs> you know, Ray knows it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just, he was having problems getting the fish in the boat. <laughs> they were just, it was like, for goodness sake, Ray, can you actually put one that you catch in the boat <laughs> instead of letting them all go? But there we go. We got there. We had a great day. Boy, we live in a beautiful nation, eh? Yeah. It really is a special place that we live. Hey, Easter's coming, two weeks' time. And uh, this year, we're meeting twice on Easter. We're meeting Good Friday. 9.30 a.m. And then one combined meeting on Sunday morning. Well, Sunday night as well, but the morning is one combined. 10 a.m. I want to invite you to come and bring friends to the Friday. The Friday is going to be very, very memorable. It's a two-part deal that we're doing, Friday, Sunday. You will still remember Friday in 20 years' time, I guarantee you. Yeah. But, there is a little but. If you have experienced loss, in your family in the last little while you've had someone pass on transition um, and you've worked through a tough patch of grieving with people Sunday is going to be very very moving and I don't want to set you up for something that you're not prepared for so just warning you I'd love you to be there but it will be a very very moving time on not Sunday sorry on Friday and um, you know Sunday's resurrection it'll be awesome um, but Friday will be very very moving and um, so just so you know,
but why don't you come and bring a few friends and family and it would be great to see you. It's going to be a very special morning together. It's great. Well, has anyone had a birthday or a celebration in the last week? Josh, yeah, come on, Josh. How old are you, man? Nine. Woohoo! Fantastic. And Josh? 25. And 25. And John? Any other wedding, to, wedding anniversaries, birthdays? How many years was it, John? 30, 36. 36 years married. That's worth a hand. It really is. Just the three, just the three of us today. Wow. Well, why don't we all jump up on our feet and let's pray God's blessing over these three amazing people. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name. Amen. How about giving them a massive big hand? It's great. Excellent. Well, kids, I think you can go. Thank you. Thank you, leaders. We appreciate you. Gems, do we still need more people to sign up? We still need more leaders to sign up with Kids Ministry. So you'll see in the foyer there's um, boards out there you can put your name on um, to sign up for kids and other areas of helping out on Sundays. Please sign up. Don't be a spectator. Help make it happen be great parents your kids are going to come home tonight or after this morning with the question for you to, to, to discuss around the table this week around the dinner table etc the question this week is what is worship so they're going to be schooled up remember you're not allowed to say go and ask your mother or go and ask your father you need to answer the question what is worship? So be prepared. That'll be good. How about we're going to carry on worshiping? We'd like to jump up and let's pray. I feel really expectant this morning that God's going to do something. Well, He always does something. Do you know the scripture? I think it's um, Ephesians 3:19. Or is it 3:20? Nothing is impossible for God. Have I said this? Recent revelation. Nothing is impossible. So in other words, to do nothing is impossible for God. I love that thought. Nothing is impossible for God, but to do nothing is impossible for God. I love that thought. So, Father, help us zone in to your frequencies this morning. Father, where our minds are cluttered, I speak release in the name of Jesus. Father, with his anxiety, I ask now that you would release peace in Jesus' name. That as we find ourselves in your presence, and that's where we intentionally want to step, Lord, we would find a place of peace, we would find a place, a place of incredible kindness and grace, and mercy that this morning every person would find a place of intimacy Holy Spirit I ask this morning that you would rest on people 
in a tangible way. And particularly, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on any here this morning that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour in a tangible way. They would experience love and kindness and grace and mercy of God this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, team. We just read this morning in uh, I think it was Psalm 42 and it talks uh, it started off with the words as the deer longs for water so God I long for you so with every eye closed here this morning come on let's just press into God's presence right now I know you're here feel your presence Long for you. Here and now, I surrender. I am desperate for a moment with you. A moment with you. I am lost in your goodness. I'm surrounded. I am found in your love. I'm found in your love. Here in your presence, here in your arms, there's nothing better. Knowing your love, help me to trust you more every day. Hold my forever, and you I will stay. Feel your presence here and now. I surrender, I am desperate for a moment with you, a moment with you. I am lost in your goodness, I'm surrounded, I am found in Found in your love Here in your presence Here in your arms There's nothing better Than knowing your love Help me to trust you For every day You hold my forever And you are Forever, and you I will stay.
같이 외쳐주세요 yeah. We are covered by your grace oh, oh. spirit this morning that God wants to release an atmosphere of peace and of tranquility over people today and the word that he placed in my spirit was that people feel harassed by the world that they come out of that we live in harassed and I really believe that this morning the Holy Spirit would like to lift that sense of harassment off people and I don't know what's causing it for you it could be work it could be relationships it could be finances but God wants to lift it off you and this morning he really wants to release peace tranquility if you're prepared to receive it and I felt to read this scripture over you very well known Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths bringing honour to His name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would lift weight off people's shoulders right now in Jesus' name. Confusion. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. And where there's been confusion, I release peace and clarity in the name of Jesus. Father, where the word circulating in people's mind is harassed, I command that to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And this morning we release peace and tranquility 
in Jesus' name. Father, I would command our minds to come into order where they are jumping to worst case scenario. And that the truth of God would be on our lips, be at the top of our thinking. In Jesus' name. Father, let your people be whole in every way. Let your people be full of life in every way. Full of hope and faith in every way. In Jesus' name. Why don't you take a moment? Just spend a couple of moments praying. Just you and God in this place. Whatever's on your heart. Thank you, God. to praise this morning. Just start to lift him up. Come on, let it come out of your mouth this morning. Come on. Let your prayer start to turn to praise. Come on, lift him up. Praise comes at a price. It doesn't come for free. You've got to open your mouth and you've got to say something. us the ability to open our minds and our hearts, our spirits now to 
continue to hear what you'd say to us. And Father, I have faith that you will speak to every person in this place this morning. Whether you say something to them that David says or not is irrelevant, you'll say something. And so give us hearts to receive and ears to hear, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's an awesome privilege to have said Pastor David and Claire with us from Fielding this morning. And we've been on a journey for quite some years now together. I can't remember how long. But it really is a privilege doing life with these guys. And uh, Jan and I really value their friendship. We enjoy spending time with them. And uh, David is going to preach the Word of God this morning. Why don't you give David a big hand as he comes? Good morning, church. Isn't it cool to be here? Four people think so. I think so. I'll make it five. There you go. Five's a good number. We can work with five. It's awesome. Look at all these flowers. Are these real grapes? Mm, real grapes. They're quite meaty grapes. My name is David, and as you can tell by my accent, I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I am. I'm, I've lived in New Zealand longer than I've lived in Scotland for, and I'm a New Zealand citizen now, so I am a Kiwi. Amen. That was a nervous laughter. You thought I was going somewhere with that, but I'm not. I'm just saying what's what. Can I read a piece of scripture to you this morning? You know, Pastor Sheridan told me, he says, the 9 o'clock service, they won't respond much. They're quite quiet. The 10 o'clock service are right into it. They're awesome. They really could. I think you got that round the wrong way, Sheridan. Because the 9 o'clock service were quite responsive, you know. That'd be a gathering, yes. That would be a gathering. 9 o'clock gathering. I hear you've got a swear job when it comes to saying service here. You got any money, Claire? I think I need... I think I owed about 20 bucks from this morning. <laughs> uh, I, I arrived here this morning and the Lord put a piece of scripture on my heart. It's a piece of scripture that he's been journeying with me for the last few weeks. And it comes from the book of Ephesians. And I want to share it with you this morning. It was not in my notes. It's just something he, he added in this morning, if that's okay. And uh, I just feel it's really relevant this morning for you as a church. And it comes from Ephesians chapter 1. I know it's a, a, a piece of scripture I know really, really well, but just a few weeks ago I read it and it went, wow. You ever had that? You ever had it when it just jumps out the page at you? It's like it almost jumps out and goes, oh, you know. We used to have this advert in the UK for a soft drink called Tango. And is anybody from the UK here? Yes? Do you remember the Tango advert? You do? Right. Come up here and so I can demonstrate that advert to you. No, I'm just joking. So th this advert would, would run up to people. They'd be drinking. They'd have a can of this drink, and they'd be just about to take a sip. And just as they take a drink, this little orange man, literally in an orange suit, bald head. Uh, <laughs> he was about this high. He, would, he, was, he, was, 
Maybe you maybe you could do it because you were being out fishing and got sunburned yesterday and you've got a bald head. And Anyway, this little orange man came running up and he'd go whack right across the face really, really hard. They actually banned the advert. I don't know why. It was really cool. Anyway, they whacked him and they were like, you've just been tangled. And well, that's how it felt to me when I read this piece of scripture that I'd just been tangled. And it says this, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 12, God's purpose. And it went, wow. It suddenly struck me about how much as Christians we, we journey through life. And what we're actually looking for is, you know, you, you hear all the time, and you probably said it, I've said it, what's my purpose? What's my calling? What am I supposed to do? What, 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 what? And suddenly it just went bang. I got red mark now. That hurt more than I thought it was going to. And it suddenly went, God's purpose, what, what's my purpose got to do with it? Get out the way. What is God's purpose? It says this, God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. Praise and glory to God. It then goes on and says, now you Gentiles, that's us, have heard the truth and the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance and promise that He has purchased as as His own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify Him. So it starts off with God's purpose is that we praise and glorify Him. And then it expands it to say this was what the purpose was for the Jewish people and is now for us because we are now in the fold. We are also co-heirs with Christ now. And, and we're in that and that our purpose uh, coming under God is that His purpose is that we praise and glorify Him. Amen? And it's transformed everything that I do. I try to look through the lanes now that how do I bring praise and glory in this situation when I start and when I finish? Everything. It's encompassing everything I keep talking about everywhere I go. We need to bring praise and glory to God. How can we bring praise and glory to God? It's something we need to do. It's God's purpose. Never mind looking for your calling. Look, what does He want? Get out the way. Let Him Let his purposes come to fruition. Amen. Is that all right? All right. If I was, I'll start the message now. That was just a, you can have that for free. That's all right. That's good. All right. Um, If I was to say to you this morning, God is good, how would you respond? Do you mean that? Are you sure? All the time. Do you really mean all the time? Or do you just mean, you know, like all the time? Or do you mean all the time? What? Are you sure? How do you know? Is that a powerful statement or is that a cliche? Come on, you think about that. Did that just roll off your tongue because you've said that a hundred times before? Or did that roll off your tongue with conviction? Come on. Come on, come on, where's this going with you? What's it stirring in you? Are you feeling uncomfortable now? If you are, good. Because God's stirring something. It's not me. I'm just his messenger. I don't get any of the glory, so I don't get any of the criticism. It's all his problem, right? All right. So what's it doing inside of you? Is it stirring something? Have you, are you suddenly feeling convicted? Oh, I've just been letting that roll off my tongue. Good. Don't take on the shame or the guilt or condemnation. Just think, wow, now I've got a platform to springboard from. 
It's not a cliche, it's a statement. God is good all the time. My word is good all the time. We were fishing yesterday. We had a great time. We had an awesome time. Some of us were catching and some were just fishing. And it was awesome. And, and Ray demonstrated an amazing ability how you can be in, in, in an environment and you can, you can, stuff can happen all around about you, but you don't catch it. It's amazing how that can happen. It's phenomenal, you know. He would, he would get hooked up on a fish. He would bring it all the way to the side of the boat. Pastor Sheridan was he's such a pastoral heart, you know. He's got an amazing heart. That man. He opens the fish bin for Ray time and time and time and time and time again. And Pastor Ray, bless him, he's obviously a bit of an environmentalist and believes in catch and release, would go, oh, it's come off. Time and time and time. I reckon he let more fish go, bless him. I mean, I mean bless him. I mean, what, what a, contra, a conservationist heart, really. You know, because he just, you know, you had enough fish, didn't you? We had enough fish in the boat. You didn't, you didn't need those 20 or 30 that you didn't bring on board. You didn't need them anyway. It's, it's all good. Sometimes you can be in an environment and you can sense something's going on, but you don't catch it. Yeah? Pastor Ray is an awesome man. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about what do we catch? What do we catch in our heart? When we say God is good, do we catch something? Do we get a revelation of that? You know, when we speak to people around about us, we have, a, we have an ability to shift an atmosphere. You know, we can bring praise and glory to God anytime we like. We can shift an environment. And people can catch that's going on around about us. But we've actually always got a choice. Are we embracing what's going on? Or are we going, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. I love that saying. I, I, I had a great opportunity to write it on Pastor Sheridan's whiteboard this morning. You'll discover that later on when he goes into his office. But, um, he was naughty when he was down in fielding the other day. He, he, he vandalized some stuff in our offices. Yeah. We had this historical document. We had this big picture on, on the wall in our boardroom because we used to be a vision church too. So we had vision church fielding. It was... A, part of our history, part of our heritage, part of our, part of our culture. Pastor Sheridan took it down, scribbled on the back with a, a, a worn out whiteboard. It wasn't even a good scribble. It wasn't even that. It, it, was, it was green was the only thing we could say, activate church and puts us back up, upside down. And all. It's a historical document. So anyway, I got my own back in his office today, which is awesome because he's into forgiveness and grace and mercy and, 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 and these things should flow from your heart. Pastor Sheridan, <laughs> he's not even engaging with me now. He's thinking, what has he done in my office? I have no idea where I was going with that anyway. God is good. Do you believe that? God is good. So when I say God is good, your response should be convincing me. So if we're in a non-Christian environment... And I say, and someone says, oh, that was lucky. And I go, oh, no, it was actually God. Am I convincing them that my God is good? Or am I thinking 
Mm. I don't really want to say this, but you know, God, God is good. God is good. Uh, what, what do they take out of that environment? Do they think, wow, the conviction on that man's heart is phenomenal? Or do they go, he's embarrassed about his God? Come on. We have got the ability to shift an atmosphere, but that works positive and negative. God is good. God is good. Do you mean that? All right. So we, can we get into the message now? Cool. I want to read to you from James chapter 2. If you've got a Bible, I'd love you to come and join with me on this. Join in. James chapter 2. And we're going to be reading from verse 19. James chapter 2, verse 19. It says, You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God. Are we a church of faith? Good for you, it says. You say you have faith, for you believe there's one God. Good for you. Even demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete, and so it happened. Just as the Scripture says, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Our actions are very powerful, and it's by what we do, not just our faith alone, that what we're counted by. So how do we handle ourselves in different situations is really important. What, what do, what's our reaction when things happen around about us? Our actions are very, very important. You know, are we bold? Are we courageous? Are we stepping out in faith? Or are we cowering back? Are we keeping quiet? You know, and don't get me wrong, sometimes there is a time to zip. Sometimes God says, say nothing. But if God is calling you to step out in faith and you do nothing, is he going to count you as right? Or is he saying, come on, there's so much more. You can go so much further. You, you, can, you can go way beyond what you could ever imagine. Yeah. Come on. It's easy to be a Christian isn't it? It's easy when it's easy. Piece of cake when it's easy. When it's all gone, when everything's happening and the band's playing a song that you like, that's easy. When the preaching doesn't challenge you, it's easy to be a Christian. As long as nobody mentions giving, it's easy to be a Christian. When, when you're getting promotions at work and it's all going well, it's easy to be a Christian. When your wife cooks you your favorite meal every night, come on, it's easy to be a Christian. When God frees you from owning a Holden, it's easy to be a Christian. <laughs> that was with a big deep breath, that one. Sorry, Owen. <laughs> but what's your character like when you're put under pressure? You see, that's when true self 
truth character comes out. When times are tough, we need to dig deep. We need to draw from the well. The problem is when we draw from the well, if it's empty, we're actually drawing from sludge. I don't know if you've ever been in a water tank. I've been inside a water tank before. I had to get in there and clean it out. And what was in the bottom was just sludge. It was toxic. You see, when you've got a well and it's full of fresh, vibrant water, it's, it's really cool. But when it's down to the dregs, it's actually quite toxic. It's quite nasty. It's quite gooey. It's horrible. You see, when your well is dry, you're drawing from that yuck. You're drawing from the toxic stuff in the bottom. It's just sludge. And you see, what you're putting in is going to come back out again. And if you're drawing from that well and it's pouring out, then it means it'll affect my family. It'll affect my my workplace. It'll affect my environment. It'll affect everything about me. What are you drawing from? You need to make sure your well is full of life, full of fresh, vibrant water. You see, when we draw, we need to make sure that it's coming, it's bringing life, it's going to sustain life, and it's going to, it's going to create life all around about us. And that can happen when we're well is full. I love what Steve McCracken says. He says we need to wash in the Word. We need to not only wash in it, we need to be drenched in it. I don't know about you, but I'm a type of person that takes, takes a shower every now and then, you know. Uh, you know once a week is good, you know, uh, you know. I try to aim for at least once a week. But, um, you know, sometimes when I've had a really hard day, a shower doesn't cut it. I actually like to lie in a bath and soak. And that's what it's like. Are you, are you just running past the shower once a week or are you soaking in living waters. We've got a 25th wedding anniversary coming up and we're going off um, to have a little bit of R&R and we've been planning um, soaking in the hot pools. Claire loves to soak in hot pools. She's got a bit more stamina than me. She stays there a bit longer than I. I, I get hot and, and, and I like it hot, but I get into too hot and then I'm, then I'm too hot. And, and, but Claire's got more wisdom. She goes into the cooler end and, and stays longer. And, um, she soaks in it. She comes out, her skin is better. She's peaceful. She's enjoyed it. She feels better. She's alive. Are you soaking in the word today? Or are you running past a shower once a week? Are you, are you embracing what God's got for you? Are, you? are you reading Scripture and it's going, wow, you've just been tangled? Slap. Because that's a good slap. It's not a conviction. It's a revelation. It's like, wow. You get that when you get embraced in it. You get, you get just everything about you becomes it. You see, when times are tough, that's when we fall back on that well. That's when that well starts to sustain us. Something comes alive in us. And tough times will come. They do come. The last three years of our ministry have been the toughest years we've ever embraced. But they've also been the times of most joy. We've grown the most. We've stretched the most. We've we've embraced the journey. We've gone on a journey with God. and, And my word, he's a big God. He's a good God all the time. Amen. Comes from a conviction of my heart. He is good all the time. Amen. Your prayer life changes when you're digging into the well. You're embracing it. 
You, in times, tough times come and you, you pray with conviction. You pray with confidence. You pray with a boldness. You see, one of the things I hear a lot, and I'm not dispelling this, I don't say this is not true, but you often hear about saying, you need to take a leap of faith. But I've been journeying with God for a while, and He's teaching me that actually it's more of a step of confidence than a leap of faith. I'm not saying the terminology is wrong. If leap of faith is good, if that's what you need, go for it. But with me and my journey with, with my God, I've discovered that every time I take a leap of faith, I look back and go, wow, he was there. He caught me. He didn't let me down. He never let me go. He always blessed the situation. How cool was my God? So I've learned that over time, each leap of faith is, is merging more into a step of confidence. That I don't need to know what's coming. I just know I need to keep moving forward. Amen. It's because I've been digging in the well and washing in the Word and, and, and letting it bubble up overflowing. When tough times come, you just keep moving forward. I've got five keys to get through tough times for you this morning. I don't normally preach with five keys, seven points, three James. I don't normally preach that way, but God convicted me this week. I already had a message for you this week. And God said, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think that's good, eh, David? Yeah. yeah. Let me give you another message for these people. And so he's given me five keys, and I'm going, but God, I don't preach keys. I don't have steps or little gems. And he goes, yeah, I know. That's why I'm giving them to you. So here we go. You ready? You got your notepad and paper? Got your iPad ready? Cool. Number one. This is a really complicated one. You ready? Know who you are. That'll do. Easy peasy. So who are you? Do you know who you are? You see, when I say no, I'm not talking about no. I'm talking about no. Not head, heart. Do you know who you are? It says in Romans chapter 8, it says, For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Do you know that you're one of God's kids? Do you not hear or do you not hear? Have you had a revelation of it? Have you had a conviction in your heart that you're one of God's kids? Do you pray, O oh Lord, great distance God who's away in a far, far hill, or do you go, Dad! I need you. I can't do this without you. Come on, Dad. Where are you? Help me. I stuffed up again. Dad, you're awesome. Dad, please pray. Oh, Lord, Dad, can you help my friend? My friend's in need. Dad, are you, how are you praying? Is he your father or is he a distant God? Do you know you're a child of God or is there something in your heart that says you know that you're a child of God? You need to know who you are. What's your identity? There's a few things you need to know. How long have we got? Until half past four? Half past four. Okay, okay. I'll try. I'll, I'll, I won't be that long. I want to go until four. Yeah. Okay. You need to know who you are. You're a child of God. You need to know that you're righteous. 
I love telling that to people because I love the reaction. People go, oh. People don't, Christians in general don't like to be told that you're righteous. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's a lie that we've been sold. I don't know what the, the answer is to this. But I know, that, I know the reaction I see when I say to Christians, you're righteous. You are righteous. It says in my Bible here that you're righteous, so it must be true. Amen? You see, when I see that and I see a blank response, I know that you know you're righteous, but you don't know that you're righteous. I can see that. And I don't feel guilt, shame, condemnation, because we can pray for this at the end. We can break that in an instance, because God can do anything. Amen. But you see, you need to know that you're righteous. Why do you need to know you're righteous? Because the devil has a field day when you don't know you're righteous. It says in the Word of God that when Jesus died on the cross, he died to set you free and all sorts of different things. But one of the things that, that his righteousness is a cloak over us. And because of what he did on the cross, we become righteous. We are not righteous because of what we've done. We are righteous because of what he's done. And it's not by our actions we become righteous. It's by his actions we become righteous. And I had a revelation of this a while back. And it was that when we say that we are not, we are saying that he didn't. Come on. Did you get that? When we say that, no, 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 pastor, you don't understand. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I am not righteous. It's like saying, no, 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 pastor, you don't understand. Jesus didn't die on the cross for me. Oh, ouch. Because it's the same statement. It's just different words. He died on the cross so that we could take on his righteousness. You see, we weren't good enough. We weren't perfect enough, but he was. So we need to understand that we're righteous because if we think that we are unrighteous, the devil goes, that's right. You're unworthy too. You're a miserable sinner. Get rid of that joy in your life. Be miserable. Know who you are. You're a miserable sinner, he says. But in my Bible, it says, yeah, nah. My Bible says, you're defeated. Shut up. My Bible says that my God died and, and he set me free. Amen. My Bible says that, that I am a child of God and I am righteous because of what he did for me. He did it without, he did it selfishly. He did it to set me free. And I love him. He's awesome. And I give him the praise and the glory for that. Amen. You see, when the devil tries to stir me up and drag me down, I go, yeah, now nah, I've read the end of the book. What's wrong with you, man? You're dead. You're defeated. You, you, you haven't even got the keys of life anymore. Jesus took them off you. What's wrong with you, man? Start treating him the way he deserves to be treated. Stop giving him room to have maneuver. Know that you're a child of God. Know that you're righteous. Know that you're forgiven. The Lord just said to me, there is dozens of people in this room who are constantly reliving sin from the past. I want to say right now, in Jesus' name, stop it. I'm not trying to be funny. Stop it. Stop it. You're forgiven. Did Jesus forgive you? Did you ask Jesus for forgiveness? Come on. Did you ask him? Yeah. Does it say in his word he forgives you sometimes? He's forgiven you. Amen. 
1 John 1, 7 says, but we are living in the light. Amen? As God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus' His Son cleanses us from all sin. Come on. Does it say that in the Word or not? Come on, we need to embrace that. We need to have a revelation of that. It needs to shift from here to here, so that when the devil tries to convict you, you go, yeah, I did that, but, um, but Jesus... But Jesus. And he goes, yeah, 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 but, and you go, no, no, no. But Jesus set me free. Jesus cleansed me. He washed me from all sin. And then just, just have a little dig, because it's quite good to have a little dig. Go, even for the stuff I haven't done yet, I've been washed clean. And you're still defeated. <laughs> know who you are. Come on, know who you are. We're not defeated. We're victorious. We're God's kids. He's our dad. He's won the battle. And he says, come on, you're a co-heir with Christ. You can rejoice. You can be victorious. Know who you are. You see, when, the, when hard times, tough times come our way, we can fight back with spiritual tools. Amen. Tools that win. Here's another one. Know that you're set free. Galatians 5, 1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. How cool is that? So know that you're a child of God. Know that you're righteous. Know that you're forgiven. Know that you're set free. Point number one, know who you are. Number two, if you're taking notes, know that you will get through. You know when we're going through stuff, it's sometimes when you, you've got stuff going on and you're maybe, maybe it's a problem at work and you, you just can't see the way through and you're trying to, maybe you have to do a bit of brainstorming, maybe you have to try and look up some information, maybe you have to go and seek some wise counsel, but you just don't know how to get through this issue. Maybe it's a family problem, maybe, maybe it's a walk with Christ issue, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You've got these issues and you just can't work out how to get through and then suddenly you're still in the midst of it, but you know the answer. You find the answer. You know how everything just shifts at that moment? Sometimes it just, you're still in the midst of it. You still, you haven't got out the other end yet. But now that you know the way through, the pressure just lifts. Everything about it just shifts. When you know there's a way through, life changes. 1 Corinthians 10 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Sometimes it's hard to see a way through, but when you know who you are, you know there's a way through. Amen. So it doesn't matter you know, you can apply this even when you don't know the way through. You can start applying it because when you know who you are, you can say, well, I know I'm a child of God. My God never leaves me nor forsakes me. I might not be able to see the way through, but I know He knows the way through. Amen. I, might, I don't know the answers, but I know He does. I know this isn't going to crush me because I know that He's a good God. I know that there's something inside of me just tells me, it just stirs me up. I know I'm getting through this. Amen. You know, something shifts, the weight comes off. It's pretty awesome, really. Knowing who you are shifts it. Number three, if you're taking notes, 
enjoy the journey. You see, sometimes we need to turn around what the enemy means for harm, turn it around for good. I love releasing the opposite. You see a hopeless situation, release hope. You see a, a despair situation, release peace. Anxiety, release peace. You know, loveless, release love. You know, you see a situation where um, finances are struggling, release finances. You don't have to have them. Just pray, Lord, I release finances. I release provision in this area. Spiritual warfare. Fight back with what you have. You're a child of God. If you know who you are, you know you can draw from heaven. You can release these things. We have the ability to shift an atmosphere in, our, in wherever we are. It might be your work, might be your home, might be your family, might be your, your cell group, might be your youth group. It doesn't matter what it is. If there's an atmosphere, if it's a negative atmosphere, shift it. Shift it. Do something in that atmosphere. They can part the way. God can, God can do anything. He's good all the time. Amen. He can just boom. And this whole thing shifts. We've been doing this thing in church where we've, um, we've been trying to teach our church to be generous. Claire gave a testimony about her workplace. She went into work one day and she took in morning tea. She'd been at this place for a couple of years. had never had morning tea. Nothing. The, uh, the weekly meetings, they just have a meeting and they don't have morning tea. There's nothing there. So she decided to go and get, she ordered some special cupcakes, beautiful cupcakes to be made and took them into her work and blessed everybody just because she could. She then took in, when we were in Indonesia, she brought back these amazing Indonesian, if anybody likes coffee, you've got to get into these. It's like getting a shot of coffee in one lolly. They are I think God made them. I, I, I think they're just awesome. Anyway, um, we brought back a few packets of these, and, and um, I'm going to forgive Claire one day, but she took some of them into her workplace and shared them with everyone and blessed them. And then the next thing you know, there's people going on holiday and bringing back things and blessing the workplace and people sharing morning tea and things like this. You know, because when you share goodness and it's a godly goodness, it's contagious. You can shift an atmosphere, you can change things. Your son, Connor, he, um, he's only an apprentice, he's on an apprentice wage, so he doesn't have an awful lot. And, um, but he decided the other day that it was a hot day at work, so he shot up to the dairy or wherever it was he went, and, and he got ice creams for everybody in his workplace. There's quite a lot of people in his workplace. He got ice creams for everybody for afternoon tea. The next week, his boss shouted afternoon tea for everybody. Come on. If a young boy can shift the atmosphere in an engineering company, you know, come on. I used to work for a company called Fitzroy Engineering years ago. Um, at the time, it was uh, uh, it's a bit smaller now, but at the time, it was the largest heavy engineering company in Australasia. And uh, when I went there, I was um, a little intimidated as a Christian. Here's an environment where it was literally impossible to have a conversation with literally every line in that conversation had a four-letter swear word involved. And uh, there was pornography on the walls. Um, it was a hard environment to be a Christian. And I felt God was calling me to share my faith with everybody there. And um, <clears throat> I went back to my pastor at the time and says, how do you do that? He says, have you prayed? I'm like, of course I've prayed. Like, 
what's wrong with you, man? He says, have you really prayed? I said, yeah, nah. Um, so I changed the way I did things. I prayed, and I wish I could say I did this every day. It was most days. But I prayed most days, which was almost every day. Lord, I pray for a God opportunity today. I didn't pray, Lord, can I convert Owen because he's a holding driver, so he obviously doesn't know the Lord. And um, Lord, I, uh, he, he needs... Uh, Oh, he wants to give me his cell phone. He's a generous man. And uh, oh, you were going to throw it. Oh, oh. Uh, God forgives you, you know. He's quite good. Uh, I think we're onto a thing with this God thing, you know. Uh, you know who you are. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> it was a cool car, by the way. I did actually quite like it. And it's the same color as my car. So, yeah. Anyway, so I didn't pray prayers like that. I prayed, Lord, use me today. Give me a God opportunity today. And I could put my hand on my heart and say, every single day I prayed that prayer, there was a God opportunity to pray that prayer. Now, this is a man's man's environment. This is an environment you do not walk up to people and say, you need to have Jesus in your life. You're a miserable sinner, you know, and because uh, they've got gas torches. Um, they've got guillotines that take limbs off without, you know, um, you might not have fingers at the end of the day. You know, this, this seriously is a man's man's environment. You cannot just walk up to people. You can't have a soapbox in the middle of the workshop and go, can everybody just stop work for a minute? I've got an important message for you. You're all sinners and going to hell. And, uh, but it's all, the good news is uh, uh, Jesus can save you. You know, that is not going to cut it in this environment. So I prayed, Lord, use me, give me God opportunities. And I can put my hand on my heart and say, Every single time I prayed that prayer, I shared my faith with somebody or multiple people in that day. When I left there, I left there to go to theological college. When I left there, I don't remember having conversations with four-letter words in them. I don't remember there being any pornography on the walls. I never asked for any of it to be taken down. I never challenged anybody about their language. I just prayed. I had to give a month's notice. I gave two months' notice because I really felt convicted in my heart to go the extra mile. And for the first month of my notice was like me working my notice. Now, um, I was the IT manager there. And so not only am I a Bible-bashing um, preaching Christian type person, you know, in a man's man's environment of a heavy engineering company, I was the dude wearing the shirt and tie at work, you know. Um, but so for the first month of my, I gave my notice, the second month I had to get a contractor in to do my job because there was literally a queue outside of my office every day of people wanting to come and share, talk, pray, etc., 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 my boss, who was a Jehovah Witness, and despite me putting something in his, his pigeonhole every day that I worked there, because <laughs> I can be a little pushy, he still signed off without a question, without a hesitation. He signed off that contractor doing my job without a blink of an eye. I actually believe to this day he doesn't even know he did that. I believe that was a God thing. But I know that God shifted the atmosphere in that business. Why? 
Because I said, here I am, God. You're awesome. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. It might be tough at times, but enjoy it. It's, it's awesome. Release what's in you. You've got the power to shift an atmosphere. Release it. It says in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How cool is that? How often do you see troubles come your way? Oh, and I do feel for you with your car. But consider it an opportunity for great joy. Yep. Amen. Amen. God knows the desires of your heart. He knows that was your, your dream car. I had a dream car as well, a Volkswagen Beetle. I wanted what's called an oval Beetle, one with an oval back window. I wanted it for 20 years. And five years ago, I got my dream car in bits. An awful lot less bits than your car is in that. It literally arrived in two trailer loads and a van load. Boom. Driveway was just covered in bits. There wasn't a panel on the car that didn't need at least half of it cut out and restored. Completely. It took me five years. Last week I got on the road. God knows the desires of your heart. You know? Still a rattly old thing. It's still 50, 1954. It's still 60 odd years old. It's always going to be a rattly old thing. Doesn't matter how much restoring. But God knows the desires of your heart. Consider the times of trouble great joy. Great joy. It goes on and says, um, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. It's great joy. Let it grow. Tough times can actually help us consider it an opportunity for great joy. You see, the way that we think about our situation can shift our situation. When my bag of bits arrived in my driveway, if I went, it's too big a job, I can't do it, guess what I would never have achieved? Because I would have gone, it's too big a job. Oh, what's the point in starting? If I can't do it, I can't do it, you know? End of story. You see, how our attitude is applied can completely shift the situation. I looked at my situation with that bag of bits and, and, you know, we had a massive big shed. We lived on a lifestyle block and we, we had this massive big shed. It filled the shed and some because you couldn't spread it out enough. There was just bits everywhere. And at times it looked so daunting. You think, how on earth can I make this bag of bits into a car? But I loved the journey. It was awesome. I embraced it. I went on a journey with my son more than I went on a journey with my car. The journey with my son is something I will have for the rest of my life. It has been awesome. It was tough, but it was awesome. Number four, if you're taking notes, embrace the journey. Don't just look for a way out. Ask God, what do I need to learn? You see, one of the things I've discovered over the years is you go through stuff as a Christian, 
And we all go through stuff as Christians, and your journey is different to my journey, and my journey is different to your journey. It doesn't mean one's right, one's wrong. It just means it's your journey. And one of the things I've discovered is sometimes you go through the same thing again, and again, and again. And I asked God one day, why am I going through all this? And, you know, the question was the wrong question. The question I should have been asking him was, what do you want me to learn? And I discovered when I started asking that question, as I would learn from that situation, I'd stop going through it again because I learned what God wanted me to learn. I'm not saying that God created that situation. I'm just saying he used it. The book of Job is a great example of that. God didn't do that stuff to Job, but he certainly allowed it to happen. And look how he got completely and utterly blessed at the end. So let it grow. Embrace the journey. Let it grow. James 1. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Embrace the journey. Too many of us are trying to let go of the journey and get an easy life. There's nothing in this book that says it's easy. But my word, there's a lot of promises. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of joy. But it doesn't say it's easy. Embrace the journey. Number five. If you're taking notes, this one is so, so easy. Keep your eyes on him. What you focus on is what will grow. What you focus on is so, so important because if you focus on your problems, you will, your problems will multiply. If you focus on Jesus, you'll have more Jesus. I preached the message um, six months ago or something now on all you need is more Jesus. And when I was putting the message together, I knew, sometimes you just know that you know that you know that this is a God thing. I knew that was an absolute Holy Spirit-inspired message, but I was troubled all the way through it. I was troubled when I preached it. I was troubled when I wrote it. I was troubled afterwards. I thought, but God, how can you have more of something you already have everything of? Yeah? Because I've got all of, all of Jesus. I've got all of the Holy Spirit. He's in me. He's here. All of the Holy Spirit's in me. Look, can you see him? He's here. I've got all I need. But the answer is more Jesus. But how can I get more Jesus when I've got everything I need? And the Lord showed me. I was asking him. He says, take the blinkers off and shift your perspective. And I said, well, what does that look like? And it looks like this. So if I'm going through life and I've got my blinkers on, and I am looking at God. I've got my eyes on Jesus, but all I can see is Jesus. And somebody says to me, what does Jesus look like? I say, oh, Jesus is beautiful. Oh, yeah. She is awesome. She's got blonde hair, you know. She wears a black dress. She's a bit taller than me, but that's okay because I haven't got small people and problems, you know. I'm all right. I'm secure. I know who I am, you see. I know I'm forgiven. I know I've got righteousness. I know that. I'm all right. She's quite, just quite stunning, amazing personality. That's what Jesus looks like to me. And God said, shift your perspective. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus is shorter now. 
Jesus has got, he's got dark hair and blonde hair. He's short and tall. Still beautiful. Still awesome. Don't know about the beautiful thing, though. But can't catch fish. <laughs> He's going to get me back so much for that. <laughs> forgiveness. Forgiveness is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My perspective shifts a bit more, and actually, I don't just see Jesus right in front of me. I see Jesus everywhere. Jesus has got such a pastoral heart. Jesus is such a gentle, gentle man. Jesus is full of wisdom. Shift the perspective a little bit more. Wow. Awesome. Cool. Wow. Jesus is up there too. Jesus, Jesus is everywhere. Wow. Jesus has shifted from the front row. Where's he gone? Where's Owen gone? He's run off. Owen, I didn't mean that about the holding. Jesus is over here. Jesus is everywhere. doesn't matter what my problems are. There's more Jesus. He's everywhere. He's doing everything. He's in everything. He's all over the place. More Jesus is the answer. Can I get more Jesus? No, but I can recognize more of him. I can see more of him. I can embrace more of him. I can, I can see him working in situations that I didn't see him before because I go, Lord, I'm embracing this journey. Lord, I'm going to enjoy this journey. Lord, I'm one of your kids. Here I am. Where are you in this situation? Oh, yeah, there you are. That's cool. I can see a way through. How cool is our God? So what's your perspective? Are you seeing Jesus everywhere? Or have you got your blinkers on? Do you need a perspective shift? I know I needed a perspective shift. You know, I was praying to the Lord for, um, I was praying for, I was uh, fully intended to pray for people for healing at the end of the service. And I'm happy to do that in a little while, if that's what you want. But I was praying, the Lord often gives me words of knowledge of, of things he wants to pray for or wants me to pray for, for healing. And we saw that at the 9 o'clock service. We prayed at the beginning before I preached for people with depression, felt there was two people who needed to be set free of depression. Those two people came up to me at the end of the service and told me who they were. Awesome. Healed. Prayed for a lady that couldn't bend her knee. She bent her knee at the end. Awesome. Prayed for a few different people, saw... Some cool results. Seeing God touch people. I know God heals. And I'm very happy to pray for you. But I really believe God's not calling me to pray for healing in this moment. We'll do that later. I believe what God's saying is shame no more. There is no guilt, shame, no condemnation in the church. Amen. Yeah? But I believe, I was, I was sitting on the front row, I wrote it down. I believe the Lord said to me, there's people here that shame keeps dragging them back. It keeps pulling them back. It keeps dragging them down again. The devil's having a field day with you. And I'm here to tell you, 
He's lost the war. You are victorious. Amen. And I believe that doing the opposite, releasing the opposite is very, very powerful. I see Jesus doing that in the, in the Gospels. I heard Pastor Sheridan speak about it in the service. I've talked about it a little bit as well. Release the opposite to what you see. And so I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to be very, very hard. But I believe in my heart to be incredibly powerful. You don't need to say a word. You don't need to tell anybody your situation unless you want to. And it might be a tiny thing. It might be a massive thing. But if there's something to do with shame that's been holding you back, can we break that today? Yeah? Come on. The Lord's told me there's bucket loads of people in here need this today. And so shame would tell you to sit down not to respond yeah are you with me so let's do the opposite let's break it once and for all if there's something that the enemy has been bringing shame guilt and condemnation over your life for can you just stand right now because our God is good amen all the time just stand right where you are that's awesome. Yeah, give him a hand. That's awesome. I believe there's dozens more. If there's shame on your life and it's been dragging you back, let's break it off in the name of Jesus. I think there's still people standing around here. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a leader. It doesn't matter if you're visiting. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants to set you free in Jesus' name. If that's you, just stand right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Before we go any further, can I just remind you, God loves you. You are awesome. You're one of his kids. And can I ask you to come forward? Because I want to pray for each and every one of you this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll hand over to Sheridan and he can do his thing. And I'd love to pray for people. Thank you, David. Fantastic. I think what we'll do is we'll close the meeting here. And um, if you need to respond, you come and respond. And uh, come down the front here, and that way we don't have to rush. We can just take our time. So thank you, David. David will be back at 6 with us this evening, which will be great. Can I encourage you as you, um, I don't think I said at the start, if you're new, visiting today outside the doors on your right hand side there is a table there with white bags help yourself to a bag it's got information on the church in there um, and just you know, help yourself to those that would be great also as you leave please remember to be purposed in your giving and uh, the giving stations are on the left outside the door there's giving cards in your seat and it is a pleasure to journey with a generous church allowing us to touch our city why don't you jump on your feet for a moment I'm going to pray as you leave Father I thank you for today I thank you that you are a God of love I thank you that you want to meet every person right where we are and take us from glory to glory 
Father, this week as we go into our city, as we go into workplaces, schools, learning places, group groups, sports clubs, wherever it is, Father, fill us with courage that wherever we are and whenever we're there, we'd be like Jesus. Fill us with boldness this week, I pray. And Father, please challenge us in our conviction of be going beyond an act of goodness or an act of kindness and saying something to the people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So I thank you for your church. And as we go, I ask that the God of peace would rest on each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Thanks for coming out this morning. If you could respect what's happening down the front, that would be great. Thanks.
Just to know you 